Hello. It's going to get loud in here, Craig. Got to turn it down. We don't want to bust anybody's eardrums. Hallelujah. I'm a walker and a talker and a slapper. Amen. So you better watch out. <laughs> better watch out. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Good to see you, Allison. Mary. Audrey, whatever. <laughs> Ray. Diva. What's your name? George. <laughs> well, I am blessed. I, you know, I don't know where this is going to go, guys. You know, just let's just be free. Amen. You know, Tom is a visionary. I'm the creative one. I like to do everything. I'm a worker with my hands. I see in color. I dream it. Well, of course I see in color, but anyway. I dream in color. You know, I, I like to create. And I have an imagination. Tom is a visionary. And, and he says, yeah, I'd like to have another uh, evangelism conference. And I go, okay. And he says, yeah, you know, you know, stir people up. You know, get them to go out into the fields and get souls. Oh, what Jesus has done for us. I'm going, uh-huh. <laughs> Mankato. You're talking about Mankato. And he says, yeah. We need this. The churches need it. The people are hungry. They want to go out. They want to spread Jesus Christ. And I go, uh-huh. <laughs> and he just progresses, and he gets things together, and I go, uh-huh. Well, today is the uh-huh. <laughs> God is so impressed with everybody who's here. You came because there's something in there. Even though you're not, even though you are a speaker, you still came. You're still hungry. I want more. That is so, God has gone, whoa, Carol, I'm impressed. Deva, you came all the way from Ruthven. <laughs> to be here. You know, the pictures he showed of India weren't trying to make you feel bad, but that's what it really looks like. There's trash all over India. I can't believe it. I don't know why you people don't put trash in trash places. They do that in Benin, too. But anyway... <laughs> God is happy that you're here because you're hungry, Kelly, clipboard. <laughs> Everybody in this room has a gift and a calling. I am not part of the fivefold ministry, but I love to preach. 
I love to preach. I love to encourage people. I like to inspire people. Pastor Bob, oh, I don't know, a few months ago, he put his arm around me at the end of church and he said, Susan, you just always remember, you're a preacher. <laughs> Do you know not many men leaders in the body of Christ will encourage women? Pastor Bob is an encourager. He, don't, he loves me the way I am. And his lovely wife. She is not a weak woman. She is so strong. You don't mess with Judy. <laughs> don't mess with Judy. She's got power. She got power with the Lord. Well, you know, what inspired my message tonight is don't believe lies. Because the devil always wants to hold back your ministry, your purpose, because he knows if he can make you believe a lie about yourself, you're not going to get anybody saved. You're not going to do any good in this world. So I'm here to tell you to quit lying. Yeah. I have lied to myself for many years. But you know what? It kind of started out that my father always told me I was stupid. He always told me I was retarded. He always told me I was fat. He told me I wasn't going to be any good. My brother and sister were, you know, my sister's an artist. My brother is a writer and very success, you know, very successful people. But you know, Susan, you know, she was the creative one. She was, she was the, you know, she was the happy one. <laughs> Ralph, he couldn't, he didn't have much use for Susan. Devil's a liar! When the devil starts speaking lies to you, you have to get a hold of the word and speak it out of your spirit. I have the mind of Christ. I'm not Amen. stupid. Nope. Amen. No, I have the mind of Christ too. Yeah? I bet my mind's bigger than your mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know... Lies don't, you know, my father, you know, I have, I have forgiven my father. It took me years to forgive, to forgive my father. I would always say, God, help me forgive. But it did take me years to forgive my father. But I did. But those words that he spoke weren't original. They were planted by the evil one, the devil or Satan. So we're not fighting against flesh and blood. 
So when people say these awful things to us, it, they're not smart people. I am. <laughs> See? <laughs> I didn't even finish and you got it. So, you know, we're not fighting people. So give it up. You're not fighting people. You're not fighting the system. You're fighting the devil. But let me tell you something. The darkness has not overcome the light and never will. The devil will never overcome the blood of Jesus. And if you are born again, if you're a blood-bought child of God, you have authority. But if you do not have the precious blood of Jesus, if you have not believed that Jesus died for your sins, was buried and came up again and is is alive, then you're you're in trouble. But if you're a child of God, you have authority. You don't have to be a garbage can for mankind. The, you know what? We have to go back to our first love. You know, some of us older Christians, how long have I been saved? 42 years. Oh, 42 years. 42 years. I have authority. I have authority because of the blood of Jesus. We cannot forget the cross. Don't forget the cross. Oh, there's all these new things coming out. People write books and, oh, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, get rid of it. If it doesn't talk about the blood of Jesus and talk about Jesus, put it in the trash. I, um, I ordered a book online and it was, I thought, oh, this is going to be a great book for me. And then when I opened it, you know, it kind of stinks, kind of has a smell to it. And I looked through it, I looked, you know, went through it, and it wasn't about Jesus. I took it and I threw it in the wood stove. You know, don't hang on to stuff. Get rid of stuff. Do some house cleaning. You know, go through your books. If it doesn't lift up the name of Jesus, get rid of it. And you know what I also, this, uh, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but you know what I also like to do is I like to pick up literature from some, some stuff that is not godly, uh, that, uh, uh, how do I say this? Uh, false doctrine literature. False doctrine literature that think they're Christian. Okay, are we getting there without saying what? I like to pick it up and throw it away. <laughs> why, why let some sucker pick it up and go, oh, I don't know, I think I'll eat this. Oh, garbage, oh, I think I'll take some of this garbage. Don't believe the lie. You shall know the truth and the truth shall 
Hallelujah, you want to be free. Do you want to be free? Or do you want to be bound up? You have a choice. You have a choice when you go home tonight to believe a lie or believe what Jesus did for you. The truth will always set you free. And your association is very important. I choose to hang around people that are full of Jesus. Now, that's not to say that you can't speak to people that, you know, are a little mixed up. But your association... You want to make sure that their lives are clean and pure and holy. <laughs> don't mean to pick on you, Kim. Don't pick, don't, don't hang around people that are living in sin. Didn't get to you yet, did I? Watch your associations. It's very important. I am blessed to have good friends. Um, I consider Stan and Sarah my peers, and they want to call, Sarah wants to call me mother. And it's like, well, I ain't that old. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying. They're, they're my peers, and Pastor Bob and Judy. Man, we go way back, but he's my pastor. Even though I might not show up all the time, he's still my pastor. If I need help, uh, hello, Pastor Tom. Well, actually, I get Tom to call Pastor Tom. <laughs> I mean, call pa Tom to call Pastor Bob. Call Pastor Bob. I need prayer. Watch your associations. Remember the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't believe the lie of the devil. I'll get you in trouble every stinking time. You know, it's easier to fall in a hole of unbelief and sin than it is to build a bridge across. Oh, I should have done this. And we just get, we fall into this hole and it, it just gets us more and more in the darkness and we're, we're, we're just, we just can't get out of it. That's a lie of the devil that you can't get out of a, a difficult situation. You can reverse the lie because of the blood of Jesus. You can change anything with the blood of Jesus. You can because you have authority in his name. We go through life a lot, and it's like we have uh, sticky stuff on the bottom of our shoes, and uh, uh, somebody hurts us, you know, and it gets stuck to our shoes. And, and, and we have a little bit of guilt. 
and, and it, it sticks to our shoes. And we just keep walking around with all this crud on the bottom of our feet. And you know, when you start picking up more and more and more wounds and hurts and more and more guilt, your shoes and your walk gets more and more difficult as you proceed. And then you start stumbling and you fall down and you don't know how to get up. The blood of Jesus will get you up. It's called clean your feet off. You can get out of your miry pit by the blood of Jesus. Go back to your first love. Jesus is there for you every step of the way. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe in the lie of giving up. You know, little seeds are planted in good ground. Do you know that you're, you are good ground? But those lies have found that ground to grow in. Don't let them grow. Get them out right away. Um, uh, does anybody know what shoe fly pie is besides a, an Indian and a European? One person out of here. Bless your dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, shoe fly pie is uh, a Pennsylvania Dutch, and it's a molasses pie. And basically, it's molasses, sugar, and butter, and flour. You have a wet bottom, or you have a dry bottom. I personally like the wet bottom, I mean the dry bottom. Okay, so it's a pie, and it's made out of molasses, and then you have all this crumb topping. It's really very delicious, okay? I was raised on shoe fly pie. Um, I was born in Philadelphia, and uh, my mom made shoe fly pie all the time because it's, it's kind of cheap ingredients. And so I was raised on shoe fly pie, so when I got married, I made shoe fly pie, and it was good. And when I had children, I made shoe fly pie. So after we got saved, I was 20... 27? So you know how long ago this is, right? Uh, Tom became a deacon. Is that right? A deacon? He was a deacon. They, they made him a deacon. And so uh, they were having a deacon meeting. And um, we, were, we were very poor. We, had, um, we didn't have electricity or pl indoor plumbing, because we were hippies. We were cool. <laughs> but anyway, so I said, I will make dessert for the deacon's meeting. So I made shoe fly pie. And after the meeting, I called the lady up, and I said, how was the shoe fly pie? She said, it was the worst thing. She said, how could you possibly send such a disgusting thing? She said, I gave it to the dogs and they wouldn't even eat it. I was crushed. 
because that's what my mother used to make. That's what I was raised on. I was so wounded over shoe fly pie. I did not make shoe fly pie again for years and years and years and years. Two Thanksgivings ago, I made a shoe fly pie. And my kids were, I remember when you used to make shoe pie. I let a lie of the enemy rob me of a joy. Now you say, oh yeah, it's just pie. But isn't that everything in our lives? It's just a simple thing, but it's a shoe fly pie. There was nothing wrong with my pie. I mean, you can't mess up a four-ingredient thing. Come on. But I let those stinking words stick to the bottom of my shoes, and I walked around for years and years and years because of someone's filthy words. Really, they were filthy words. They were a lie. And you know what? It's my own fault that I didn't take care of it. Why did I let it go on for you? And I, keep, I can hear it even today. My dogs wouldn't even eat it. Well, your dogs don't have any taste. We go through life letting little things stick to the bottom of our shoes and keep hurting us over and over and over again. And I don't know why we do it, because we have authority to just stop it. All you have to do is make a shoe fly pie. Oh, man, this is good. This is good shoe fly pie. Even my son-in-law said, oh, this is good. I was like, yeah. Don't let people's words stick to the bottom of your shoes. Amen? Amen. The blood of Jesus is much stronger. In Proverbs 25, 28, it says, He or she who does not have rule over their own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. you got to take care of your own spirit. I am not in charge of your spirit, Tyson. You are. You're the only one in control. You think other people can mess with you. You think a man's opinions are greater than you. You're in charge, Tyson. So start acting like it. Aren't you glad you came tonight? So everything that I'm saying to Tyson, I'm saying to Stu Susan. Because you know, twenty-five, twenty-eight. He or she who doesn't have a rule over their own spirit. You're in charge, Kim. 
Diva, you're in charge. Come on, why do we go around like wimpy, wimpy people all the time? We have the blood of Jesus Christ. We should be walking around like we own the joint. Why do we walk around with our heads down? Oh, they don't like me. That's the biggest lie. How do you know they don't like you unless you ask them? Do you like me? <laughs> oh. You know, I, I was thinking about this. How now, everybody in here, I think, can relate to this. You go to church, and so-and-so doesn't say hi to you. And you go home. So-and-so didn't say hi to me today. They don't like me. I don't know what I did wrong, but they don't like me. Okay, so-and-so goes home, and they're thinking, oh, crud, I didn't get to say hi to Sarah. She must be thinking I'm terrible. Oh, man. How do you know what people are thinking? Are you mind readers? Are you a mind reader? How do you know people don't like you? How do you know? A lot of people don't like you. <laughs> There's plenty of them. <laughs> There's plenty of people that really don't like you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, do we care? You know, I, I, get, I get this from my mother, Blanche, that I can talk to anybody. If I'm in Walmart or Aldi's or Hy-Vee or in the bank or the post office, oh gee, I like your scarf. I like your hair. Oh, isn't it nice weather? Do you, do you know? I mean, I'll just, I'll just talk to them. I don't know why. Why not? <laughs> why not? Isn't it say we are the light of the world? And I know sometimes, Jorge, Jorge no, Javier. Javier, whatever. <laughs> Javier. Well, I know that sometimes in our diverse communities, one group feels like, they don't like me, so I'm going to ignore them. Are you hearing me? So it takes a little bit of grace to let them know, I think you're okay. You know what we can do? Smile, smile. You might not get a smile back, but let's smile. Let's, let's, let's be children of God. Is that what we are? Children of God. Are you forgetting what Jesus did for you? 
Let's smile. Let's be kind. Let's not believe a lie that people don't like us, that people that are dark are evil. Diva is one of the neatest persons. That was a great, fiery message. That was really good. That was really good. I've been so impressed. Stan? Awesome. I can't, you know, who else spoke? Oh, Pastor Bob. Pastor Bob was Pastor Bob. Man of God. Man of miracles. A little extra heat. A little extra heat. Oh, yeah. I said to Tom, man, I haven't heard them stories before. <laughs> and, and Pastor Bob tells stories all the time in church. Well, back in 1956, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the skies were dark and the, sh the wind was blowing. <laughs> right? <laughs> I land, laid hands on somebody and they received their eyes. Say, glory to God. Now let's turn to uh, Isaiah 68 or something. <laughs> he's always telling about his miracles. But man, he smacked somebody. And Tom said, well, he didn't really smack him. I said, yes, he did. <laughs> uh one time in church, oh, never mind, I'm not going to go there. Okay, hallelujah, let's put my glasses on. Okay, I did the Proverbs. Well, you know what, when you let your walls down, the devil comes in. It's your job to keep your walls up. God has given you the mortar, so get your walls built to keep the devil out. When we were coming this, uh, to church tonight, a little fox ran across the road. Oh, he was a cute little thing. And Tom said, don't let the little, the little foxes spoil the vines. Ooh. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we, we have these wounds and we have these guilts, you know, and... and and we just start limping. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got wounded. Mm, I got wounded in church. I don't know. I don't know about this Christian thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw somebody in the grocery store, and, and you know, and each little wound kind of just kind of pricks us in the, in the hip, and, and we, just start, we just start limping along in life. And then, on down the road, somebody says, how come you always limp? And, and you say, well, I've always limped. It just becomes normal to live a wounded life. We have to go, no. I'm a child of God. I have authority over you, devil. Back off in the name of Jesus Christ. Spirit of poverty, go in the name of Jesus. You spirit of firmity, get out of my house. Come on. You have the authority, use it. Quit limping around. You know, I'm a very good discerner of, of people sometimes. 
I can kind of tell. Uh-oh. <laughs> I can kind of tell when a Christian has been wounded or they lack self-confidence. You can kind of smell it. You kind of know when they've been beat up. What are we doing for our fellow saints when we can discern that they're hurting and they're abused, they're lacking? What are we doing as a family of God Well, who cares? They don't care about me. Why should I care about them? Now, I can be kind of annoying. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but I did not know Tyson from Adam, and I met him in a uh, prayer meeting and the room was kind of dark. I don't know why they make prayer rooms dark. Why? Whoa, the Holy Spirit must be <laughs> And everybody kind of talks like this. But, but anyway, we're, we're having a pyramid, and here's this dude that's all tattooed up. And here comes this gray-haired old, little old lady, sits right next to Tyson. And I go, Oh, crud. If God tells you to do something, do it. And then somebody interpreted it. Thank the Lord. <laughs> but when you're prompted by God to reach out to someone that you don't even know, go for it. Go for it. Be kind. We're... How are we going to win the world by being mean? How are you going to win the world without caring? How are you going to win the world by not being like Jesus? I haven't come over here yet. Ray and Julie, you should get name tags for your kids and you should show, uh, sew them on every shirt they own. <laughs> Seriously. Maybe just with a felt marker. So quit limping around, quit letting the devil in. We have a cat and his name is Percy. Percy is a barn cat but he got kicked out of the barn by a, a mean cat. So the cat lives in the garage. Tom cut a hole in his garage door to make a pet hole or whatever they call it. Bought him a heated watering bowl, a heated mat. It's a barn cat. 
We feed it soft food in the morning and dry food all day long. Anyway, Percy is our cat. And Percy, not too long ago, caught a little squirrel. And the squirrel was so cute. And Percy had him in his mouth. And I wanted to rescue the little squirrel because it was so cute. And Percy, you know how cats go, prancing right next to the window, like, see what I did, Mom? And you know, that's like with us. We have a tendency to just, oh, well, the devil isn't hurting me too bad. I'll just, I'll just let a little bit of that guilt stay. You know, I, I can deal with a little bit of guilt, a little bit of hurt, and it's okay. I can, I, you know, I'll let the devil, you know, I'll just let him stay a little bit and, and cause me oh, just a little bit of problems. I don't mind being a little poor or a little sick. I'm okay. No, you got to be like Percy and get rid of it. Kill it. In Jesus' name, rip it out. Kill. Defeat the enemy. You're in charge. Javier, Javier, Javier. Don't let it stay. The devil's a liar. Don't let him trick you. Are you getting anything tonight? Lots of things, good things. When we are confronted by a lie like rejection, we can believe the lie or believe God. Genesis 15, 6, And he, Abram, believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. I choose to say, Susan believes God. I'm going to believe what the Lord says about me. If I have to say it over and over and over and over again until I get it in my heart. Amen? We are fighters, people, because of what Jesus... You know, Jesus fought for me. He says, Susan, fight for Susan. You're important. Man, it's such an honor to go with Tom, to go over to the UK, the United Kingdom, with Stan and Sarah. It's such an honor. It's the most beautiful country. And then you go see, visit the Roma Gypsies. People hate the Roma Gypsies. They hate them. They are rejected. And they're the most sweetest, happy, glittery people in the whole world. It's really nice going to Benin, Africa. Oh, you know, they're half naked and their babies are on their backs and everybody's bouncing around and it's 107 degrees and hallelujah! Let's do something for God. Amen? Susan, believe God, you can too. Don't let seeds of lies take root. Get them out, get them out, demolish them like Percy. Hallelujah! 
Joseph was a dreamer. Do you have dreams? And I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really asking you. Do you have a dream that God has put in your heart? Not a fantasy, but a dream. You know that you know that you know that you know. Wow, I was so impressed by Jerry David. He wants to have his ministry of these people in the whole state. Whoa, that guy's got a dream. If you have a dream from God, Allison, hang on to it. What's the word? Bono. I asked Pastor Bob. Bono! What? La, who, what? La Bono. It means grab hold! I know somebody was talking about the issue of blood. How you have to press in and grab hold. Grab hold of your dream. Don't let the devil drip it out of you. Go for it, Kelly. You know, we're, we, many of us have a dream for our kids, to see our kids come back to the Lord. Many of us have a dream to go to Africa, go to Haiti, have a ministry to the down and outers, have a prison ministry. Whatever it is, hang on to it. If it's, has God spoken to you to go somewhere, do something? <laughs> you have to press in and hang on to it. Joseph had to hang on to it. He had a dream. God gave him a dream that his brothers were going to bow down to him. And... Hmm, he had to share it. And his brothers did not like that. So they stuck him in a pit. Oh, they were really going to kill him if it wasn't for Reuben. They stuck him in a pit. What was going through Joseph's mind? He had to hang on to that dream. If he had lost sight of that dream, it would have been all over. And for the children of Israel. You have to hang on to it. Oh, well, hallelujah, he got yanked out of that pit. Mm, glory to God. His brothers sold him. Just kind of, see you later. He had to hang on to it when he was riding that camel. You know, I'm, I don't think they treated him real nice. He was a slave. He had to hang on to it. And then, and then he got into Potiphar's house. Hey, it's not too bad in here. Unless you have a woman chasing you continually every day. And he refused. Sometimes you have to refuse. Put your foot down. You have to refuse. Don't believe the lie. Well, that didn't work out too well for David. I mean, Joseph. He got thrown into prison. He had to hang on to the dream. Hang on to the dream. Hang on to... Say that. I'm going to hang on to my dream. 
Labano? Lombano. Just hang on to the dream. <laughs> Grab hold. Grab hold. Well, you know, we got time. In Exodus 3, there is a very another interesting example. And it's of Moses. Now, you know Moses, and, and it's kind of interesting because, you know, they were talking about when you were in the womb, you know, God had a plan. And when Moses was born, his mother saw that he was very beautiful. She knew that child was special. Well, you know what? You guys are special. When you were born, God said, you're special, Sarah. You're special, Allison. You're special, Craig. <laughs> well, Moses' mama was supposed to toss him in the river. Can you imagine? A lot of mamas just toss their babies in the river. But she could not toss her baby in the river. So she made a basket, and, you know, the basket floated down, and then Pharaoh's daughter uh, got the baby, and then the mama got to nurse the baby. Probably nursed that baby until he was 17, but anyway. <coughs> I'm sure not that long. But, you know... And then, you see, Moses knew who he really was. He knew he wasn't the Pharaoh's daughter. I mean, Pharaoh's daughter's son. He knew that. He knew he was somebody else. And then he saw two of his, his uh, Hebrew uh, men, part of his tribe, fighting and um, getting, no, how, I'm getting confused. He, okay, he killed the Egyptian. He killed the Egyptian. You know, murder is never right. Murder is always wrong. And then he saw two of his brothers fighting, and then he got scared, and, you know, they said, we know what you did. Are you going to do to us like you did the Egyptian? And then he ran off. So we pick up the story in Exodus, Exodus 3. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of the Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert. The far side of the desert. He did something wrong. He caused his own judgment, but he was in a place in the far side of the desert. Are you in the far side of the desert saying, God, where are you? Where are you? Are you are you in anguish? I know what I did, but God, where are you? God! 
the far side of the desert. We're all there in a certain point in our lives and in our ministry. Where is this ministry do going? What am I doing, Lord? What's up? God hears you. God sees you. When you're on the far side of the desert, God shows up because he loves you. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of the bush, and he looked, and the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I will now turn aside. This is for many of you in this room. When you're in that place on the far side of the desert, you need to turn aside and get with God and let him speak to you and give him the plan for your next adventure with him. Many of us cry out, oh God, oh God, oh God, help me with this. How am we're just talking all the time? And we're never quiet enough to hear what he has to say. So Moses turned aside to see this great sight, why the bush did not burn. When the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Stand, stand! God will call you by name. He's not going to go, what? uh, What's your name? I can't remember your name. Oh, Stan, my good and faithful servant. When you're out there on the backside of that desert and you don't know exactly what the plan of God is, turn aside. Shut off the devil's amplifier. Now I'm not listening to you anymore. I'm turning aside. And getting the plan from Father God. And and when Moses turned aside, God called him by name. Moses, Moses. Is anybody there? Moses said, "Here, uh, Here am I. Here am I. What? You got something to say to me? What? Me? 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 Nah, not me. I'm the retarded one. You don't want to talk to me. Oh, 
<laughs> no, they don't like my shoe fly pie. No. You don't want to talk to me. You want to talk to me? You want to talk to me? Yes. You deaf? <laughs> God wants to talk to you. Turn aside. Turn aside, Kim. I think I'm not. You you just. <laughs> so Moses turned aside and and uh, is talking it over, and, and then it jumps to uh, verse eleven. And Moses, you know, this is the crazy thing, and this is so like us. God says, you know, finally, God, Moses met God. And then Moses said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel? What do you mean I should go to South Africa? Who am I? He just called you. He just told you he wanted to do something. And you're saying, well, uh, me? How can I raise $25,000? I don't know. If God put that dream in your heart, it's possible. But I want to say one thing. Make sure that dream is from God. Find a person you trust and say, would you pray with me, Sarah? I feel like the Lord is speaking to me, but I'm not quite sure. Would you agree that I can hear the voice of God? Not that Sarah's going to give me an answer, but, you know, that we can join together to press in. Am I hearing from God? Tom, Tom tells me a lot of his ideas. <laughs> and, and I'll say, well, let's pray about it. Let's pray if we should do that. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, okay. God has never failed us. Ever. So where you when you're in that place, I'm asking you to turn aside and be quiet and let God speak to you. Seek God with an open mind. If you're going to go in and say, God, I'm not going to go to Africa, but I'll go to England. Oh, man, it, I, Susan said it's pretty, but it's really hot in Africa. Be open to what God has for you. God blessed me so much in South Africa. Because, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I'll be real honest. I, a long time ago, I said, I'll never go to Africa. I don't want to go to Africa. I'm never going to Africa. And I've been invited to Africa with Tom, and, oh, no, I'll stay here and take care of the sheep. <laughs> take care of Percy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you know, I, I got to stay with the grandkids. You know, got to keep the wood in the stove. But, no, it was this year, right? January. Tom said, Susan, you want to go to Benin? 
And I was at my computer, and I said, yeah. And he said, what? <laughs> Honest, I'm not, I'm not fooling around. And I said, yeah, I'll go. And he said, you you, uh, you go to Benin? I went, yeah. <laughs> That's it. It was so hot. The food was awful. <laughs> the roads were so bumpy. You think you have bumpy roads. Mm -mm. I, you know, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know why cars don't fall in the abyss. Oh, man, I, it was so wonderful. I can't wait to go back. They actually invited me back. Susan, when are you coming back? They thought I was crazy. <laughs> they always wanted to carry my, they, they always want to carry your bags. Well, when you go on the mission field, uh, you usually carry a lot of money with you, like a lot of money, you know, because you, you have to pay for stuff. And so Tom gives me half of all the money, and I'd have, and so it would be in my travel purse, and they always wanted, they'd always reach for it, and i go, no! <laughs> Can't have my purse. Can't have it. And then, <laughs> And then at the end, they kind of got it, like, don't touch mama's purse. <laughs> you can carry my Bible, but you can't carry my purse. So turn aside, take time. Jesus makes house calls. Celebrate the resurrection. Don't accept what is not the word of God. He calls you, he who calls you is faithful, who will also do that. God will do things beyond your imagination. Don't put limits on God. Don't put limits on God with your finances, your family, your business. You know, life is like flying an airplane. It goes up. And it goes down, and it goes back up, and it goes down. But it is our, our goal is to try to steady that plane a little bit that it doesn't You want to Life is like flying an airplane, so just kind of pull that. Is it a steering wheel? What is it, Pastor? What? A yoke? A holy yoke? Oh, hold on to the yoke. That's right. Oh, really? Is that the name, huh? Mm. Yeah, try not to do so many nose dives, you know? I think we, when we believe those lies, we take the nosedive. Oh, I'm going to die. Oh, Jesus. And then we almost get a nosebleed. Let's, let's, let's be a little bit more steady. That's the way it is with the body of Christ. Man, we get crazy sometimes. We get these doctrines and, you know, we get these weird stuff going on and, uh, 
514 the Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down the eyes of all wait upon you and you give them food in due season get your forks ready this is your season this is your season. God wants to meet you. God is calling you. Don't believe the lie. Amen? Amen. Now I just have one last thing because I'm obedient to God. All these ministers today give these great, great I try to imitate Stan, great man of God. <laughs> they tell us we're all as About these great miracles, and we have Pastor Bob. Lay hands on them, and then the blind, they receive their sight and all. You know, people are telling us all these miracles, you know, diva, you know, you know. I want to tell you about my miracle. Because I'm just a normal person. And I got the proof right here. <laughs> okay, we were out in Ruthton. How many of you know where Ruthton is? Pastor Bob, put your hand. Okay, Ruthton is in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing, nothing between here and Ruthin but soybeans and corns and a little bit of cows, some hills, windmills, nothing. What? Whatever. <laughs> I treat him just like I treat everybody else. Okay. So we are in the country. The, there's a lot of detours, so we have to go through all this flat farm, far, you know, farms, just farms and farms and farms and farms. Susan wants a peanut buster parfait. You know what a peanut buster parfait is? No idea. It, it's Dairy Queen, which is a cr ice cream store. And it's a particular, oh, it's a particular dessert. It has ice cream, peanuts, and chocolate. Yes, fudge. <laughs> and it's about this tall. And I don't share. If you want one, get your own. 
<laughs> well, we're driving through miles and miles of flat fields, and I say to Tom, I want a peanut buster parfait. And he said, I don't think we'll find one out here. <laughs> so for the, the next few hours, I keep saying, thank you, Lord, for Dairy Queen. Thank you, Lord, for Dairy Queen. Tom is getting sick of me. Thank you, Lord, for my peanut buster parfait. Thank you, Jesus, for my peanut butter. And Tom's just, his knuckles are getting white. And we're just going through all this barren land. Thank, and I'm, I'm over there thanking the Lord for my peanut buster parfait. So we turn into this town called Glencoe. And we turn down the street in the side of a hill is a Dairy Queen. Susan got her peanut buster parfait. I may not open blind eyes yet, but I got faith for peanut buster parfaits. So start small! Start small. Say, I'll go to Canada. I'll go to Mexico. My first missions trip was to Haiti. And then my next one was to Mexico. Uh, I don't know where I went next. Maybe I went to India. Yes. Ah, England and Africa. So start small. Don't believe the lie. Tom kept telling me that there wasn't going to be one. I said, <laughs> I keep this on my fridge. This is my reminder that God can do anything. Amen. How many love Jesus tonight? Ooh, glory to God. That was good preaching. Amen. Yeah, you know, that's, uh, when you talk about don't believe the lie, that's, uh, the theme is all through the Bible. I mean, it started with a lie. Satan lied to Adam and Eve, and they, they bought the lie. And... Uh, Jesus came to restore us to truth. Now, Scripture says that the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And you see, it's the truth that sets us free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And see, the Old Testament, the idea was to be righteous by the keeping of the law, but the New Testament, he brings truth. He tells you who you are. He puts righteousness in here. He says, all right, now, you're not what you used to be. You're a new creature. You're not a failure. 
you have Christ in you, the hope of glory. You're a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you see, when you begin to believe that and build that into yourself, it changes you. Amen? The righteousness of God. That's what the Bible said. He was made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And that's not just only an imputed righteousness, you know, that God says you're righteous even though you're not. No, he puts righteousness in you. And then you begin to live it out. That's the Christian life. So you see, it starts with believing the truth of the gospel, that Jesus died for your sins, and receiving that, Lombano, John 1.12, as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become the children of God. So when you receive this truth that Jesus died on the cross for you, and you believe in heart that, your heart that God raised him from the dead, you accept Jesus as your Lord, your life changes. You become a new creature. Hallelujah. That's a new beginning. But it's like, it's like your birthday. Amen? And I may know you don't live your whole life on your birthday. You have to walk it out. You have to continue in the word. Amen? I know one time when I was first started into ministry as a pastor, this was 1983, I never had any trouble with depression. You know, I didn't have that issue in my life. But when, since I became a pastor, I got depressed. <laughs> and I remember just day after day, I would be fighting this depression. And then we'd have church, and I'd come and preach the word, and I'd get happy. And someone said to me, he said, did you ever think the devil is worrying at your mind? I said, no, I never, I never, I just know I feel depressed, no. And someone gave me these scriptures that talk about our power over the devil. And so I started regularly, not only when I'm in church, <laughs> but every day I started confessing scriptures. Uh, him who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. Jesus has given me power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt me. I submit myself to God. I resist the devil, and he will flee. So I started confessing these scriptures out of my mouth, and all of a sudden that depression lifted off of me. It didn't take long. Because you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. See, there's power in the truth. There's power in that word of God that you can use every day of your life. And so, you know, it's like Susan talked about this up and down, up and down, roller coaster, airplane about to crash type thing in the Christian life. But we, the Lord's word will steady us out. And we can live on the word instead of our emotions. And we can be free in Jesus' name. And it's so important to fulfill the call. And I think that's really the issue with this conference is to fulfill the call of God. We're going to have to learn to be steady on the word of God. Nah? And to be faithful to his word and not to be moved by what we see, feel, or people's opinions or anything else. You know, we got to go. And we got to, you know, maybe we're on the backside of the desert. Well, we got to go to that, to that uh, fire, that bush that's burning. And we have to turn aside and say, Lord, what do you want to say to me? What do you want to say to me? So I think tonight we should just conclude with that, just to 
Just picture tonight there's a burning bush up here. And the, you know the Lord's here, right? And so I want to just, just invite you just to come and stand before the Lord tonight. And just let him speak to you. Let him speak to you. It's just a holy moment before we close the service. And the Lord is here and his presence is here. And he's dealing with hearts. Each one of us are individuals. Each one of us are different. Each, each one of us have a little different calling, a little different purpose. But it all goes back to the same thing he did with Moses. He says, I've seen the affliction of my people, and I've come down to deliver them. Moses said, that's great. That's great, Lord. I'm glad you're going to help your people. He says, I will send you. I will send you. I will send you. See, you have the capacity to help people. You have Christ in you. So I just want to invite you to come, and we're just going to have a prayer time. Would you just come and, and stand, and we'll pray. Hallelujah. Praise God. I just feel like I want to take my shoes off. That's what God told Moses to do. You can do whatever you want. If you feel led to kneel or stand or whatever you're led to do. But just let's just come before God tonight. Just honor him. Just worship him. Just worship him. Just worship him. He is high and lifted up, and his train fills the temple. His glory and his presence is here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Oh, Lord, here I am. Send me, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Take these feet where you want them to go. Use my mouth the way you want it to be used. Use my hands, Lord, the way you want them to be used. Make me a vessel of honor for you, Lord. Make me someone, Lord, who can be trusted with your word. Someone who can take issue with the devil and say, no, hands off. Someone you can put your authority on, Lord, for your purposes in this earth. And tonight, in the name of Jesus, I break every stronghold over these lives. I take authority over you, Satan, and the lies that you have sown. And I break their power in Jesus' name. And every curse of the enemy, I break it in Jesus' name. Because Jesus has redeemed us from the curse that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. We will know the truth, and the truth will make us free. You've made us new creatures. You've made us able ministers of the New Testament. And I speak to those dormant ministries that have been laying on the sideline. I say, come alive in the name of Jesus. And those that have been stumbling along, not really knowing where they're going, I say direction shall come in the name of Jesus. 
and where there's been any impure motives or insincerity. Cleanse us of that, Lord, that we might be those vessels of honor unto you. Thank you for empowering us, Lord, in our witness, in our preaching, and our teaching. And Lord, just anoint our hands to heal the sick and set the captives free. Break our hearts for the lost, Lord. Give us your compassion. Cause us to be a people that walk in lockstep with you and are sensitive to your voice. In Jesus' name. And not only that, Lord, but in lockstep with one another. We may not be in the same local church. We may not be in the same denomination. But we are one in you, Lord. And you are the commander-in-chief, and we are in your body. And we thank you for the privilege of standing with the people of God. And Lord, we'll have one another's back in the name of Jesus. And we'll stand, we'll link arm in arm for your will and purpose in Jesus' name. Take me, Lord, and use me. Send me, Lord where you'd have me to go. In Jesus' name I pray. I love you, Lord, and I honor you. Thank you. Thank you for these precious soldiers of the cross, Lord. Anoint them as they go forward, Lord. Hallelujah. Step by step, lead them. Some need to go to boot camp. Some have been through that already, but they need, to, they need some further training. <laughs> we all need further training. Show us where we're at in the path, Lord. Holy Spirit, take charge of our commissioning, our direction, our training. Show us those relationships that are important to our future. And help us to guard those. They're precious. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at TomShanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002.